I'm Alan Carter. Here is what's on the podcast today. Is Ontario sitting on federal transfer money and not giving it to people who need it? Plus, Pierre Polyev, MP for Carleton and the finance critic for the Conservative Party, talks we charity. Have we thrown out the baby with the bathwater? That's coming up. Let's get to it. But I want to quickly touch on that double overtime win last night. How exhilarating was that? How nerve-wracking was that? And, of course, anytime you have something like that that brings everybody together, that there's a common sort of experience, you know what moves in immediately? Politicians. Every time. Every time they come right in. Whether it's John Tory and his, you know, his crazy raptor a suit jacket that he wears constantly, get that thing fumigated, mayor. And then the new man on the block, the new kid, Aaron O'Toole. Let's see, Aaron O'Toole. Here's what he tweeted last night. What an exhilarating game. Let's do this, Raptors. And provides a photo, and I'm going to have to describe this photo here for you because it is something to behold. Mr. O'Toole appears to be in, it may be a basement, it is definitely wood-paneled, it is dark, it is wood-paneled, he is sitting on one side of the room, and far across on the other side of the room in a small television monitor appears to be the Raptors game. Uh, Mr. O'Toole is sitting in what appears to be a incredibly uncomfortable-looking chair wearing a suit... And I will just read this to you. This is from Cadence Weapon, tweeting this out. Cadence Weapon, a rapper, former poet laureate for the city of Edmonton, tweets in response to this photo from Aaron O'Toole. This guy is really relatable. I also watched the sports match on a 7-inch TV from 500 yards away while wearing a full suit in the comfort of my own home. So there. 170, that's the case number today as we get to that all-important number. Tick, 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 up we go. And meanwhile, the Premier in Sudbury today, and one of the questions, of course, is going to be about masks and this news this morning that Quebec will issue fines to those who are not wearing masks. Here is Quebec Premier Francois Legault. We cannot accept that a few irresponsible people put all Quebec at risk. It's time to penalize them. That is, Francois Legault says that the fines, the actual amount has not been yet uh, determined or at least announced, that those fines will be handed out in yellow zones because Quebec has now introduced a four-level color-coded COVID-19 alert system. Green for vigilance. Yellow for early warning, orange for moderate, and red for maximum alert. What's our color code? Oh, that's, no, I'm a winter. That totally clashes with me. I I think it's a good plan. Now, as the numbers increase, politicians obviously are looking to do something, to make an impact, to say something or bring in some kind of impact that is going to try it. If it doesn't lower the numbers, at least you look like you're doing something. In British Columbia, as you know, the province there has said, we are rolling back certain openings. Nightclubs, banquet halls, closed. Bars have to shut earlier. You can't play music 
loudly, any louder than a conversation, so that I don't have to shout at you and speak moistly at you. But here in Ontario, a different approach. Here are Premiers Ford and Legault yesterday. If everyone focuses on the guidelines and protocols, um, then, then we shouldn't have a problem. Because once, once it gets in the community, that's when it really affects the school. So I'm, I'm concerned about it. And we're keeping an eye on it uh, very much so. Yeah, regarding the new cases in Quebec, uh, most of them are not coming from bars. So I think uh, we have to look at real solutions. Right now, main problems are coming from private uh, gatherings. That is Premier Francois Legault speaking with Premier Doug Ford yesterday as the two held that summit, and Francois Legault saying the evidence shows it's not coming from the bars. And that is the truth, because the numbers bear that out. We know that it is people gathering in parties and in their homes, that that is the trouble. And so we absolutely must avoid killing economic activity, or more importantly, closing schools when the science right now is telling us otherwise. For example, this is from Kelly Grant, who is the health reporter at the Globe and Mail, and this is from Twitter just this morning. Kelly Grant writing, I suspect indoor bars and restaurants are not as big a factor as some think, at least so far. I've asked Peel and Toronto for details, and they say if such venues had outbreaks, they would go public, just like Toronto did with the Barras Rail. So we know that it's not the bars, it's not the restaurants, it's people getting together. But here in Ontario, we have decided, unlike British Columbia... Instead of having a central edict, we have decided, because this is what the Premier said yesterday, that it's up to individual jurisdictions. It's up to the individual health units to decide. Like, for example, here's a breakdown of the 170 that I mentioned, 170 cases. Here's your breakdown by public health unit. Toronto with 55 cases. York Region with 28. Peel, 22. And then we go down the list with Durham, 13, Ottawa, 12, Waterloo, 7. There are other cases in other parts of the province, but they're either 5 or below per public health unit. So here, here's a concern, because what if John Tory is to say, well, look, that 55 number is no good, so I am going to do something about it. But Patrick Brown over there in Brampton says, 22, that looks good to me. Here's what Doug Ford said on Wednesday when asked about why is it not the province taking a lead on possible rollbacks if that is where we are headed. My message to Mayor Tory, uh, you, you have the power to do it. Do it. If he wants to close, close him down. Um, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, when there, there was, uh, I think, 16 regions in Ontario without one case, uh, I can't do that right across the province, and that's the reason. We've been going region by region, but all the power to Mr. Uh, Meritori, I should say. Uh, he knows he has the authority to do it. Do it. Do it tomorrow. Section 22. Close down the, the, the bars if you want to do it. And that goes for any other region, be it Ottawa or Toronto or Brampton or anywhere. Uh, they have the authority to do it, so I encourage them. If they want to do it, by all means, I'll support them. That is Doug Ford. 
I understand what the Premier's doing that, doing there, and obviously that's going to play well in Sudbury, where he is today, or Kenora, for example. But imagine now you're John Tory, and now you have the pressure on you. Go ahead, close all the bars. Go ahead, restrict economic activity because the numbers are up. Because you know what? Over there in Mississauga, hey, come on over! <laughs> We're making margaritas! It's awesome over here! That is why I think we need a more centralized approach to it. I don't know if it's a region-by-region approach, like larger than just public health units, because now you put mayors in this very difficult position. Yes, I know they are relying on the health experts, what the public health is saying, what the medical officers of health are saying, but it's so difficult to be able to do that on a piecemeal part where you're just like, well, Toronto's going to roll back, but Durham, no. Peel, no. And, you know, the province is sort of standing by the side. I think we need better leadership on that. What happens next with We Charity? The charity announcing Wednesday that due to financial pressure and a loss of sponsors, it plans to sell tens of millions of dollars worth of assets, including real estate in Toronto, and wind down its Canadian operations. And this morning, there's a a lot of talk out there and, you know, sort of people re-examining and wondering, well, now... Is this what we wanted? Is this what is the best for we charity as a whole? Not just the Kielbergers in particular. The Kielbergers, of course, 25 years ago in their parents' basement launched this. It launched under the name Free the Children. And in the intervening years, it's turned into a sprawling empire of charities and for-profit entities. It operates, of course, under the umbrella name of We. The charity owns a number of properties in downtown Toronto. As I mentioned, they will sell those off. And it also has its for-profit Me to We enterprise. And that operates a lucrative travel service and sells a line of products that includes everything from bracelets to chocolates. But what about the good that was done in the name of we? All the young people who were so energized to do something and, and to help around the world. Is that part of the conversation, and should it be part of the conversation? For more on that, plus where we go now in terms of the investigation into the awarding of that contract, I am pleased to welcome on the line Pierre Polyev, the MP for Carleton and the finance critic for the Conservative Party. Welcome. Great to be with you. Let's begin with what happens with the investigation in the, into the awarding of the contract. With we winding down its operations in Canada, does that change anything? No. And what happens next in terms of the return of Parliament once we get past the throne speech? Finance Committee passes a motion to restart its original investigation The Ethics Commissioner continues his investigation. The Lobbying Commissioner may well have an investigation underway that would continue if it exists. We don't know because the the office doesn't confirm or deny what it is investigating. Uh, And if there are uh, police investigations underway, there is uh, no reason that they would come to a halt either. Uh, This changes nothing. Uh, As I I say, uh, you can run, but you can't hide. In an interview on CTV, the Kilberger brothers said that they admitted to a, a naivete uh, in terms of the government, but that no one is to blame for what happened. I wonder what your reaction to that is. Oh, that's ridiculous. Um, that's like uh, 
uh, you know, the wolf saying that he was naive when he went into the hen house. Um, the, uh, the reality is the Kilbergers lobbied uh, illegally and without registering um, as much as a dozen times. Actually, I'm sorry, it was 66 times. We do have the, the number now because uh, they've admitted it. 66 times to ministers, bureaucrats, and political staff in order to get their hands on government contracts during the pandemic. So to suggest that they were doing that all out of naivete is ridiculous. They they lead a multi-million dollar enterprise with millions of dollars of real estate. Uh, they have uh, they knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to get themselves uh, government contracts and uh, grants, uh, and uh, they used their political connections to do it. We now have documentary evidence to prove it. Um, the the idea that they were these reluctant. Um, recipients of the half-billion-dollar grant is nonsense. We have, we have dozens of emails, phone call records, and more to show that the Kielbergers were personally involved in trying to get this money and that they broke the law while they were trying to do it. There has been a counter-narrative um, emerging in the last 24 hours since the announcement of the winding down of the Canadian operations, that this is a loss of a, a charity that was doing good, uh, and that, you know, by this happening, that we have lost something that perhaps we shouldn't lose. Your reaction to that? Uh, listen, that, that will be for others to debate. The bottom line is that this organization... Uh, received a half a billion dollar grant from Justin Trudeau uh, after they paid his family a half a million dollars in expenses and fees. Um, there's no doubt that ministers Morneau and Trudeau broke the law in, in handing this money out. There's no doubt that the Kielbergers and their organization broke the lobbying act by failing to register uh, all of the communications they did with bureaucrats, staff, and politicians in order to get the money in the first place. Um, that's what I know. That's my, it is my job to investigate that, and that's what I'm doing. Right now, we don't have the youth grant program that was designed and, of course, single source to We Charity. Should the government... Should the government move forward with a program like that administered by the civil service? Well, it's not a real program. The whole thing was a fake. I mean, they called it a paid volunteer program. Think about that for a minute. If you're paid, you're not a volunteer, and if you're a volunteer, you're not paid. It's an oxymoron. The whole thing was cooked up just to give taxpayer money to Trudeau's family friends. There is no program. Uh, if they want, if they just wanted to help young people work with charities. There's already a program that has done that for decades. It's called the Canada Summer Jobs Program. It basically pays half the wages of students to work at charities and not-for-profits throughout the summer. That program already existed. Every charity in the country knows about it. It has an application portal. It's very simple to use. Uh, and if the, so if they wanted to, to, to encourage more youth involvement with charities, they could have just bumped up the funding for that program. They didn't do that because that would not have allowed them to give the money to their friends, which was the sole purpose of creating this uh, ridiculous scheme. You said in, in response to my previous question that it would be for others to decide about the, the charity itself and, and the works that it did. 
But the narrative from the Liberal Party and from its supporters will be that we have lost something and that if we would think, you know, in a larger sense about uh, the volunteering that young people did with we, that there is something to mourn here. And I will ask again, is this what you sought, the winding down of Canadian operations? No, my work was not related to that. Um, but if the Liberals are mourning the loss of the We Charity in Canada, then they should blame themselves. They're the ones that broke the law. You know, they're the ones that came up with this fake program. Uh, they're the ones that uh, allowed uh, themselves to be the subject of countless illegal lobbying communications. So if you if there is a loss of opportunity for young people, then... Justin Trudeau should look in the mirror and blame himself for that. Pierre Polyev is the MP for Carleton and the finance critic for the Conservative Party of Canada. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Great to be with you. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch the Alan Carter Show weekdays starting at noon.